All right, welcome to the Once Upon a Time in Huntsville podcast hosted by me, Sampley Baranaga. Today I have on a very special guest. Uh, I've known him for about six to seven years now. He was my first acting teacher, and um, he seeks wisdom from me each and every single day. He might not admit it, though, and uh, unfortunately he is a uh, Tom Brady fan. Josh Peterson. Hey, thanks. <laughs> thanks for having me. I am a Tom Brady fan, and... Um, you know, it's tough being a Tom Brady fan because, you know, you just get so used to winning, unlike oh, being a yes. Cowboys fan, which yeah. is, it's got to just be brutal right now for you. No, it has been. It's built me up, though. You know, they say, you know, discipline, you know, just builds a person up. And uh, I cry. I'll admit okay. I cry. I mean, discipline builds a person it. up, but what you, about, like, just Tom Brady has lost more Super Bowls than I've seen my Cowboys lose Super Bowls because we haven't played in it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true, but he's won, he's won more than, like, that's true. your he, entire franchise. Yeah, because so. you guys – no, he has six, right? He has six. Oh, my gosh. You guys have, have five. five. Yeah. Okay, anyways, this is not yeah, – oh, That's a good comment. <laughs> Let's keep going. This is – Keep going. Today we're talking about three very special films uh, uh, that – Really, I guess, kind of changed our lives, really, because, uh, yeah, they're just so magical and so pure. Uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, they were movies that, like you said, kind of really transformed my life in a way that, like, really got me into acting and and filmmaking. And, uh, you know, I've never, definitely never taken it, but it was kind of something that really made me fall in love with the, the process and stuff like that when I, when I first saw them. I don't know if you remember this, but... Uh, I, I used to take an acting class with Josh Monday nights and it was like you the first class was like you, me and then two girls I think or maybe one boy um and so you I see just, how good of a teacher I was <laughs> everybody wanted to sign no, up the re I the moment I like I knew I really liked you was when you were t we were talking about monologues because you were gonna assign us monologues and you were talking about the Gollum monologue you uh, did you once did in an audition and like you didn't just say that you did it, then you proceeded to act it out in front of us, like just you know risking like coolness with a bunch of teens because it was like a teen class, and like the way you executed, it, I was like, man, this guy's like awesome. Like one, you nailed it. Second, like to do that in front of teens who would judge you in a heartbeat, I'm like, you all impressed it. At least you impressed me. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, so I'm not what you call talented, but one <laughs> thing that I've got going for me is I've never really cared about what people think when it yeah. comes to stuff like that. Like, I grew up an action figure collector. And I'm talking about, like, before it was cool, right? When it yeah. was just a bunch it's, of, like... I don't think it's still cool. Who said oh, it no, was it's cool? Still, it's, still, it's, still, it's still cool, though. No, but there's a nostalgia that, you know, pop culture is, is really huge. And back when I was collecting, it was pretty much people that look like Peter Jackson, right? Little, yeah. Little portly guys with, like, uh, you know, crazy <laughs> hair, look a little unkempt. Like, that. that's who collected. And so, you know, I... I was collecting action figures. I just didn't care what people thought. And yeah, that audition was actually really big in my life. So uh, the Lord of the Ring one, when I did Gollum, and, and you talk about doing it in front of like a class, like that was nothing. When I first did it, I actually, I, I was in college, and they had a, a small acting troupe. There's only six of them, uh -huh. and it was a half-tuition scholarship. So it was kind of a big deal. They were actually really good. And I didn't know what to do. I had acted some, you know, in church, you know, like mom would do like plays and it was like, hey, nobody else wants to do it. Guess what, Josh, you're doing yeah. it. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I just didn't care and I would. And so I, I do this audition at, at, for my college and, uh, you know, I, I sat down and because I didn't even have the lines, I didn't know how to get sides or anything. Yeah. So like I went and watched the scene and literally just wrote it down and then memorized it. <laughs> Although, let's be honest, I'd seen Two Towers like a thousand times. Yeah. So I had it all memorized anyways. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I went down and I, I remember practicing and acting and like, OK, I'm I'm this I'm pretty big dude. I'm like six two. So I get down and I'm all like scrunched down and blah, you know, doing my and I'm going to stupid fat you know, in front of like all my peers. This is yeah. my freshman year. I didn't know anybody in my director. Yeah. And I remember I walked out of the audition and I was like, you moron. Like, what did you just do? Like, why did you think that was like, you know, I'm sure all these people are like doing Shakespeare and doing like yeah. all these like really profound stuff. I'm sitting here like arguing with myself as if I'm two people. I'm just like, okay, well that was it. That was fun. You know, I just, yeah. I, I didn't care. And so 
the funniest thing was the one girl, her name was Sarah Coon. She was so nice to me <laughs> in my audition. And I was coming out. I was so embarrassed after what had happened, what I did. I was just yeah. like, oh, there's no way I got it. And I was walking out, and I saw her at Walmart. She was walking in. Oh, wow. And I was in the parking lot. And I, like, literally went, like, three cars over to avoid <laughs> her so she wouldn't see me. And, like, just completely avoided her. Yeah. And then one day we were coming out of chapel after uh, school, and she she found me. She caught up with me. I was like, oh, great. Like, uh, hey, Sarah. Yeah. And she's like, hey. And she's like, hey, have you gone over to the Dixon Center? I'm like, no. She's like, I think you should go check it out. I'm like, okay. And so I went over there, and on the door posted, there was, uh, it was a team of six, and they had four returning members, so there's only two slots. And uh, it was me and another girl, wow, uh, Tiffany dude, Tiffany Campbell. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty cool. So, I love it. Yeah, I got the half-tuition scholarship yeah. and uh, got a tour of the United States acting and stuff like that. So it was, it was, a, it was a huge blessing. So yeah. like I said, Lord of the Rings, it, it's kind of had an, a profound really yeah. impact on me, and especially when it comes to the acting world. Yeah, I like how you always leave out the part where you later found out that all the other people that auditioned dropped out, so they only... <laughs> Oh, no, uh, you, weren't supposed, you weren't supposed to tell people that, Sampley. Gosh. Not true, not true. But yeah, like that's yeah, that's that's a huge profound thing that happened. And then Lord of the Rings for me, like growing up and like really falling in love with like cinema and like what it could be. Like it doesn't just have to be like this one particular like genre. Like I think one of the really magical things about Lord of the Rings is like not only is it like super serious and dark but it's also like they're really funny movies too and like really warm and they talk about like the themes of friendship and like temptation oh yeah it's a pity and mercy you know when's the last last movie you thought were like man yeah they were really exalting this idea of like being merciful and having pity on people and compassion right that's a you know maybe true stories sometimes you'll Uh you'll get that but for the most part you go to average you know it's about maybe triumph or revenge or this or that and it's Mm -hmm. really like no, like, you know, having, having pity on Gollum and mercy on him and not, yeah. you know, and kindness to somebody who doesn't deserve it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, some of the themes in there. Are, and of course, you know, Jackson doesn't take all the, you know, this is Tolkien who, who put this into his books. Yeah. But they just did a, such a good job, I feel like, of, you know, bringing it out in the movies and really just letting letting the movies kind of stand by themselves on those themes that Tolkien had originally, you know, put out there. Yeah. And so Fellowship of the Ring is the first one. Came out in 2001. Same year as Harry Potter, and uh, 2001 was actually a really good f- year for films. Um, but do you remember, did you see that one in theaters? I did. So tell me what that was like, because I I'm sure it was like packed and people were just excited. It was. It was. It was kind of crazy, bizarre because, like I said, I I was grew up kind of a superhero fan, so you know yeah. Marvel and Spider Man and all that before that was cool. But I really hadn't heard of Lord of the Rings before that, mm-hmm. and so it was new. So I know there's some people who are like, man, you know, they read Lord of the Rings every year. Every they year, fell in yeah. love with the books and all of that. That like my experience was, I found the movies and then found the books. Yeah. And so that was different than maybe a few uh, few others. But, yeah, uh, we had a group of friends, and, and I have two brothers. And so it was my brothers and actually uh, my friend Brittany and I think her brothers. And we went and saw this movie, Lord of the Rings. And, like, I think me and my little brother just kind of really latched on it and enjoyed it. Like, I remember it being long, but you, I sat there and come out, and I was just like, I don't know if I liked it or if I loved it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I sit there, I was just kind of mesmerized yeah. by by the whole thing and, like, the attention to detail and, like, Honestly, it's so hard to remember now because we it, we kind of live in a golden age of filmmaking right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. But like fantasy stuff was cheesy all the time. Yeah. It didn't look real. It wasn't believable. It was awful. You had Just, to like really suspend like your disbelief. Oh, oh yeah, big time. Oh yeah, and I mean it was. It was like you know, these people in this armor, and it looks like you remember when you went to church and like somebody would always have like the armor of God for a lesson yeah. or something, and you yeah, got yeah, out like yeah. the Christian bookstore, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, or the Dollar Tree, and it's like this flimsy <laughs> stuff. Like that is yeah. like n- not a stretch of what a lot of people put in their yeah. movies as fantasy. Or like you're watching it and you're like, okay, this is like obviously like on the back lot of like Warner brothers and you kind of have to just like just force yourself to believe that it's real exactly like and everything from dialogue to story you know they 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 try to complicate it and use these big like long words and like lord of the rings was just so different it really was and i read um in preparation for this podcast that peter jackson i'm sure you might know this like told like all the cast like hey like we're filming this as if like all this stuff really happened as if it's like a historic epic instead of like a fantasy film. And he was like, that's really important because that allows people to believe it so much more because like what, when Tolkien or Tolkien, 
How do you say it? I've seen I say some Tolkien. Tolkien. I think it's Tolkien, but I'm going to say Tolkien just because that's how I've said it. He's dead. He can't come yeah, after J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> but, um, uh, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought after I said he's dead. He can't do anything. I think his ghost is now distracting <laughs> yeah, my yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, no, but they, they wanted to treat it as history. And you can see that because, like, all the costumes look so real. Oh, yeah. so authentic. Like, they actually went to New Zealand and, like, built everything oh yeah the the amount of attention and detail like yeah. and, and again this is why i love these movies so much it's like i for the first time and you'll see this well we might get to it later but we've been talking about like the movies were important to me but the special features on the dvds oh, are almost yeah. just as important yeah. and it was there through watching those where you see really the love and attention to it like it's in the hey we're just trying to make money type film this yeah. is like these people cared about this right mm. like i don't know if you know this but they went and planted the gardens at hobbiton uh-huh. a year before they started filming i didn't know that oh yeah gosh. so it's not like hey we just planted in we got to get this i mean like the amount of detail and the amount of like just how they cared about this stuff yeah. like and each little chain mail they did by hand yeah and and all, so many of the props in fact most of them were all handmade they and carved like, and like they had to do it twice because yeah. they needed different scales like again they just they put so much love and attention and detail to the to it and that's i think why it made it authentic and why so many people bought in right away they had hundreds of like hobbit feet for the the poor actors who had to sit like in makeup for like three to four hours getting their feet put on. Yeah, yeah, and here's and they had two actors for everything, right? So they yeah, had they had, had the these little, little Indian couples, guys, yeah. yeah, who who wore like Elijah Wood mask and you yeah. know uh, Dominic Monaghan mask up in the behind the scenes. Like one of them almost drowns. Yep. in that in, yeah. on the on the boating part, and then yep. he just gets up. He's just like, I'm okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was just you know when you had Tall Paul, like this giant guy who would double, you know, to make the actors look small. So I mean. It's just so so smart and really again just the attention to detail that they yeah. gave it made it that uh, that authentic. I remember the first time I watched Fellowship of the Ring. Um, let's see. So if, when we bought it on DVD, let's see that probably what two thousand two. Um, so I was probably like four, and I remember like my dad starting it. You were so young, and you know, <laughs> I know, right? And um, uh, the movie starts. You know, Gladriel is like doing the voiceover narration. And, like, uh, all the elves, they're fighting, like, all the orcs at the beginning. And I was just like, nope, can't. I'm scared of the orcs. They're terrifying. Really? Yeah, I mean, I was four. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Okay. So I was, I ran away. And, like, then uh, you uh, wanna, it was a... Uh, it's one of those things where I'm like, you want to see my shocked face, but nobody can see. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, exactly. that's and that's then, surprising to hear. And then, like, a couple months to a year later, I was like, I really want to watch that again. I think I'm big enough. I know they're not real. And then I watched it. And, like... Whenever I think of the Fellowship of the Ring, I just think of um, after uh, Gladriel is talking and like the Shire theme starts, uh-huh. and like you see Frodo like reading and like sure. and it's just all green and you're just like, oh my gosh, like I'm can I go there? Like this oh. is a real world. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like I I would love to go to New Zealand yeah. and see Hobbiton because you're right, like the the colors and just uh, the uh, I mean the whole setup of it. It's like Howard it, it is it's a magical. Is just like brilliant. Yeah, I, I always say scores and definitely music is underrated. If you think of like all the really great franchises yeah. or movies in general, like they they have an unmistakable sound, and I think Lord of the Rings is no different. It's up there I with think, Star Wars and you know all the others, yeah. Indiana Jones music where you hear it's like oh oh okay this is rings it's like it instantly takes you to that location and you can see it visually that's how like that's how you know when a score is that good and then you instantly like love Gandalf because he has all the fireworks going off, all the kids are clapping. And then like the I little... know, but you know that's not in the book, right? In the book, yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't. He let doesn't them, do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, Way to go, Peter. <laughs> Read a book, Peter Jackson. <laughs> no, um, and then I always love whenever he walks into the, like the Hobbit hole and he hits his head. And yep. I, I saw that that was uh, uh, unscripted. That was unscripted accident. That actually yep. hit his head. And he just kept going. Um, and the first movie is. Man, it is just so great. And what re- like the first hour and 30 minutes is all set up, but like it just f- the pacing is just so great. You all the characters are so distinct and different from each other and they all have such great chemistry. Uh, chemistry. Let's talk about the cast. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I mean, I think it's I I would say it's the best cast casting that's ever been done in a film. I think I mean, there's not one person I think you could replace. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was listening to um, a Peter Jackson interview, and he 
he always spoke very highly of him. It made sense, right? From the beginning, like, they tried to do something unprecedented, which mm -hmm. was film three movies at one time, at right? One Big time, budget yeah. movies. So when he was thinking of the cast, like, he didn't, he didn't want big stars because it was such a time commitment. It yeah. was about 18 months of their life, all yeah. right? And that, that was just, like, right off the draw. And so, like, he wanted people who were going to want to be there. Yeah. Right? So that, and then, too, he also, and I agree with him wholeheartedly, you can't cast, like, Tom Cruise or people like this. <laughs> because Tom Cruise is Frodo Baggins. Yeah, right. How differently that Well, they are been. about the same height, so that would have been good. That would have got, yeah, sorry. No, I, I just ruined Tom Cruise yeah. for coming on here for you, but. Uh, not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But, no, like, these people, like, they had they had to care about it because they were going to be there for so long. So I think they were really invested in it. And then, too, like, they didn't have egos where it's like, oh, no, I got to hurry up and get done with this so I can go to my next project uh -huh. or I've got to do this. Like, they really were in it to make a wonderful film. Like, I think a lot of them thought this is, like, my break. And even yeah. though we had heard of some of them, like, honestly, Ian McKellen had just had X Men, so he wasn't like this huge shot off was, star at this time. I know he was like a big theater, yeah, guy. He was more, uh, he did more work in the theater, and then I know he'd done a couple films. I mean, if you really look at it, like Ian McKellen, Sean Bean even had done more work. Than, like, uh, in most fact, of the he other was guys. probably the most famous coming off of like 007 yeah, not yeah, too long right. ago, Golden right? Eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in fact, there's a funny story of uh, I think it was uh, maybe Christopher Lee, but like, yeah, Christopher he's Lee, sure, supporting, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, most of them, you know, you didn't know. Elijah Wood was in like North and, you know, yeah. Flipper and stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But John Aston was like Goonies. almost disappearing at that point. Oh, sure. He did Goonies, of course, as a child. And then he did Rudy. And then like he really didn't do anything really notable th until Fellowship. So yeah. it was like almost a comeback for him. Yeah. Or maybe Liv Tyler coming off of Armageddon, oh, right? Yeah, Walking all right. slow motion. I don't know. <laughs> like, but for real, like these were not actors who like I think had a ton of options yeah. at the time. And I think they brought that that realism too, because you kind of lost them in the characters. Like when you look at Frodo, like you don't see Elijah Wood, you see Frodo. Yeah, you, you know, when you look Frodo. at you know Strider or Aragorn, you see Vigo, right? Yeah. You know, when you see Billy Boyd, you see Pippin. Like it wasn't, it didn't take you out the casting, and and really they're they're all tremendous actors. Like you said, oh, yeah. like they nail it. Like I don't know who you take out and replace because each and every one of them just became that character. They really did, and Kate Kate Blanchett's amazing. Um, John Reese Davis as Gimli. Oh my gosh. Hugo Weaving. Hugo Elrond. Like, right, yeah. There's so many good actors. Like and, and funny thing is we've seen that, right? A lot of them have gone Bloom, on. Of course. Yeah, Orlando Bloom. Fresh out of uh, film, film school. school yeah. Isn't that crazy? He booked not only Lord of the Rings, but then Pirates of the Caribbean. So <laughs> he's doing like three of the biggest movies at the time. Yeah, not a, not a bad start to the career. I bet he was like, man, this is easy. You guys, <laughs> this is a, hard, right? <laughs> yeah. Walked into this. But yeah, they they completely nailed the cast, and I think oh, what's really interesting that we were talking about last week um, is that um, Aragorn was like, or Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn was like super last minute, like they had already cast somebody. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name. Stuart Townsend. Oh, okay, yeah, yep. he was. He looked more like like a action hero esque. Yeah, I think the, the big thing was they, they just thought he was too young. It, it yeah. just kind of came up. And I think there were some difficulties, personalities, stuff on oh, the okay. set. But it just, yeah, it didn't, it didn't work. And so they called Vigo up last minute, and he had actually passed on it. He was like, eh, I don't know. He's waffling. And uh, thankfully his son, I think Henry, yeah. was, a, was a huge Rings fan. I was like, Dad, you got to do this. And so he, he pretty much got on a got on a plane and did it. And the funny thing is the first scene that he filmed was Weathertop. Yeah, Weathertop. And one of the reasons they did that is because there was no lines. It was action-y. And this was still kind of a big studio, a gamble for, like, New Line yeah. and everything. And so, like, Peter was thinking to himself, he's all like, oh, you know, instead of giving, like, the scene with, like, all this great acting, let's just show them kind of this action star yeah. stuff that he can pull it off. And, you know, then he doesn't have to memorize lines mm -hmm. and all that. And he did. And he just, I mean, I, I can't, like, imagine, like, anybody else in that role like, yeah no you, not at all there's Vigo no contemporary yeah he really does and i think one of the really cool things about Vigo mortensen is that he's like a very you rarely see him in interviews he's very kept to himself he's very introverted and i feel like that plays really well with the role of aragon because like it just makes him aragorn seem, aragorn sorry it just you makes, should say sorry that's a big <laughs> deal it makes him just seem so like more approachable almost like Whenever you watch like most you know action fantasy movies, like I mean, because technically he's like the second protagonist, right? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. So you, you know, if that you know the action hero, he's gonna be all like charming and say these one-liners as he's doing. Aragorn is like not that. He just like gets the job done and it's like let's move forward. Yeah, yeah. It's a he's different a kind of action. He, he that's a perfect way to say it. Yeah, he's a leader. He's not an action star. Yeah. And that, there's I think a difference. And I think the temptation for a lot of people would more try to play it as action star. Yeah. Like I'm so good on this, and and really. He is. He's the exact opposite. He's humble. He's afraid of kind of his origins and his weakness, and he's aware of that. And so there's a, there really is a, like a vulnerability and a humility to mm-hmm. him, which I think he, he brings to the role really well that makes his performance really more powerful yeah. than I think if you would, uh, you know, I'm macho here, man, to save the day, you know, yeah. and here's my sword, I'm going to kill everybody, where he kind of has that more protector and, uh, like you said, leader, leader. Yeah. And he also, there's comes a, out. like, he also like really doubts himself in the film. And he does like he really does it in a great visual way that you can see it in his eyes. Like, cause his whole big storyline, his arc is that like he's like I'm um, next in line to be king of Gondor, but I don't know if I can do that because I don't know if power is gonna like mess me up. Cause he d- like him and um, uh, Sean Bean plays Faramir. Boromir. Sorry, Faramir's in the next movies. My bad. Uh, Boromir, like they're polar opposites. Yeah. Like they're they're alike in the fact that they're great warriors, but like mentally, Aragorn is like I'd rather just keep to myself, live the life uh, as a strider, you know, going around just doing whatever I can to make ends meet. While Boromir is like I want power, which is like what you see, and he has a great re- redemption near the end where he saves sure. uh, Merry and Pippin. But uh, I think that's like such a cool arc to put on uh, Aragorn, uh, just because. You just kind of you almost relate to it because you're like, well, like, what would I do with all that power? Maybe I'd be like him. And there's even a moment near the end of the film when uh, he's telling Frodo, uh, no, Frodo asks him, he has the ring. He's like, uh, uh, w- would you throw it in the fire? Sure. And like, there's a moment where he's like, it shows him like reaching for it, and you're like, oh no, what's about <laughs> to happen? And then he closes his hand. Yeah. And then he's like, I would walk. I'd, I would. He essentially says, I'd go. Yeah, yeah. I'd take it to the end. I take to with it fires you, of yeah Mordor. to the fairy fire of Mordor, um, but like you see that in his eye, like that temptation. But then he eventually overcomes that, like throughout the movies, and decides that he's going to be king. But anyway, it's on fellowship. Well, real quick, can I interject oh, okay. something because I think you're hitting on like something that's so powerful about these books and slash movies is that idea that they kind of throw those expectations out the window, right? Yeah. Who's who's who is is bearing in this like burden and shoulder in it? It's the one you don't expect, right? It's yeah. a hobbit. It's the one yeah, who no, right? who is like shouldn't be brave and shouldn't be willing to take it, right? Yeah. Why why not give it the guy who's going to be king and this and that? And it's yeah. kind of flips that stuff on the head and is really powerful i think for a lot of people like doesn't matter like who you are yeah like as long as you you do the next right thing mm-hmm. like everybody can be a hero and yeah. like that is it uh, goes back to and i have this written down because i it's such a, a you know it's one of the best parts of the movie but it's when uh gandalf and frodo are in, in moria right yes and yes he, frodo says you know i wish it need not have happened in my time and then Gandalf says, you know, the famous saying, so do I, and so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us, oh right? That's uh, just a, like, that's so good. Yeah. Like, and that's like, not just movie life. That's true in my life. Right. Yeah. And you look around, especially at this world right now and yeah, you see oh like, you know, we're not a unified people, uh, you know, all, all across the world. And there's, you know, and people get frustrated in this and they're like, well, what can I do? What can I do? It's like, do the next like right thing. Yeah. Do, do like what you can do right just just be kind do the, the do the literally the next right thing and instead of like become overwhelmed with the problems of the world instead like no just go and just do the next right thing yes. and i think that's such a powerful lesson and they they just brought it out so good in, in those movies it's fu- what's funny that you uh what i was going to say before you said that i was about to talk about the part in moria where they oh, so completely cut you off so that, no, no 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 so that was actually perfect segue uh because that's like one of my Nailed favorite it. parts in the film is where, because Gandalf's like, no, we can't go that way. And then they leave it up to Frodo, and he's like, yeah, let's go that way. And, you know, Gimli's all down for it. And then there's that part where they get down there. They you have to, He has to unlock the uh, Elvish door with the password. Yeah. Which, I, what was it? I can't remember. Say friend and enter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barrel. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go in, and then the octopus fight, which is awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, although, oh. although, can I say this? I think... In the books, it's Pippin who who figures it out. Oh, really? And not Frodo. And it's like, 
Uh, in fact, you'll hear it on the commentary. It's hilarious. He's like, yeah, just, you know, just give it to, to Frodo. He doesn't have enough to do already. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just take my character moment from this. So, uh, yeah, poor Pippin. I know, right? Because then he's the one who ends up giving away their position down in, yeah. the, in the ruins. A fool of a took, right? And yeah. one of the best, one of my favorite, even though that troll looks pretty bad mm-hmm. when you see it the first time. Uh, that fight is like still amazing because oh, so each character has their moment to shine. Sam's using like pans. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna get to that because I, oh, my brothers and I like we always watch you know action movies stuff co- coming up and yeah. we always have like a favorite character like mine was Gimli mm-hmm. my little brother loved Legless or whatever but like those movies where they take the characters and they each give them like special yes. moments to shine like it's just the best and like sometimes I watch movies like what a missed opportunity. Like, why didn't you guys do that? Yeah. Like, it would have been so cool. Like, I even think of, like, these new Disney movies mm-hmm. with uh, Star Wars. You know, how, how well, that's another story. <laughs> but, like, you know, that was, to me, like, one of the things that they, they got so wrong is, like, you have this character like Chewbacca who we've known forever. Mm-hmm. Can you name one moment that he had in the new trilogy? I haven't. I only saw Force Awakens, so I literally oh, couldn't. Okay, well, that's, is he in that one? That's enough, yeah. No, he is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, like, they don't give them, like, character moments. And, like, Lord of the Rings, like, did a really good job of always giving them character moments. And if you are not fans of these, I would suggest always go watch the extended editions because that yes. fight in Moria is longer and there's even more of those moments. Yeah. And it just makes it incredible. And then after that, you have the Balrog, which oh, is, yeah. like, so great. You shall not I, I've got, actually, this giant Balrog <laughs> figure at my desk at work. Yeah, I've, or wait, I think you've shown it to me on I have phone a, or something. Yeah, it, it's huge. Well, it was at my house, but yeah. Uh, maybe I've seen it at your It was literally so room. big and heavy that I, I took it to work where I could look at it all the time. So I got he and Gandalf <laughs> there together. It's like, I don't know. NECA did it a few years ago. It's it, it's probably one of my favorite, like, action figures that and, I own. Um, uh, there's this great, like... Um, video essay out there. I can't remember who may makes it. Otherwise, I would. Oh my! Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's just He's cool. showing me the ball rug right now. For this, uh, if this were a visual thing, then I know, right? See, but uh, which it would. It's, it's it looks handy. just like the ball rug, except it's it's a toy, but it's it's not a toy because it's cooler than it's you cool. Can it eat. lights up and noises and everything. People, yeah. look How it are up. You married again? I don't know. <laughs> no, but, no, I don't but, know. Oh, okay. So I was watching this video essay one time. It was comparing. <laughs> The um, you know where they're running away from the Balrog, yeah, and yeah. like they're on that thing and like it's like shifting and they all have to jump off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Times. Yep. Not Stairs. only that, but the orcs are also like shooting at them. Mm-hmm. So there's all this conflict going on, and then it compared that it compared it to the a scene in the first Hobbit. Um, what's that one? An unexpected journey. Okay. Yeah. Where they're in the similar situation, but like, like it's just not filmed as well. Yeah. I wish I knew what the title was, but. Talking about that first moment in Fellowship, like I love that part where they're all like jumping off like at specific times, and then uh, when Gandalf um, falls, yeah, uh, Frodo's face because like it was his choice to go down there. So he's sure. like, he's like, man, like what am I supposed to like do? Right? Like, do we just keep going? And like, because I'm the one, he's dead because of me. Well, you know, he's not. You know. People have seen the movie. Like, I feel like we Spoiler can spoil alert. these movies. Like, who hasn't seen Lord of the Rings? Yeah, it's the 20th <laughs> anniversary. If you haven't got it to it in 20 years, you're a terrible human being, and you deserve to have it spoiled. <laughs> so that's just where I'm at in life right now. <laughs> but uh, one thing I do want to bring up, because you just mentioned how The Hobbit. The mm-hmm. cool thing is, though, and The Hobbits, I will agree, they're just they're not on the same level. It was, no, yeah. You know, he I tried to take the I over. don't think they're bad movies. They have their good moments. Oh, but, absolutely. Uh, I still watch them. I just watched yeah. them last week. Oh yeah, yeah, but they're definitely not on the same. Yeah, level they're not on the same level. Rings. But the, but I was gonna say the interesting thing is when they go in and they fight the cave troll. So the guy in in the tomb is Balin, who yeah. you meet, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. and then the book that they they pick up and you see actually a skeleton sitting there is Nori. Yeah. So it, it, that's kind of cool that's, when you kind of yeah. see those those moments and stuff like that and the consistency between the two. And it, to me, it actually and then going back after you've seen The Hobbit and watching Lord of the Rings actually kind of makes it a little more meaningful or sad. It really yeah. in a way is kind of like, does, oh yeah, yeah. Like, so, oh, yeah, they're like dead. <laughs> yeah, but and, and just seeing like you know you saw the the trolls and Fellowship of the Ring mm-hmm. and then you expanded. So they they did do a good job in some respects. But uh, to me, yeah, Lord of the Rings is kind of just the upper tier with with Hobbit. Oh, yeah, unfortunately, for sure. just just not as well done. Um. I feel like uh, one of the underrated things of Fellowship of the Ring and really all the Lord of the Rings is the cinematography, especially like the way the camera swoops. And one of my favorite shots is when it swoops in when they're at, um, oh, what is that place called uh, with the statues where they get off near the end? 
What is that? I'm just going to let him go. Oh, my gosh. Come on. What is it called? I don't know what you're talking about. Are you talking about Isengard? Like when they go down to the orcs? They, or they're they going down in the boat, and then they get off, and they have that one final battle, and there's like all that debris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that called? I don't know. I can't think of what it's called. I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue. Anyways, one of my favorite shots is when like all the orcs are running, and like the camera swoops. Swoops in. And and then like you feel like it's going to cut, but then it keeps going, and it keeps like tracking them. So I was like, oh, that, that is awesome crane moment with the camera. Oh, yeah. They did a lot of cool shots, like when they follow Legolas Arrow like right into like oh, an orc's head. Yes. Or I, there's just several like iconic, like uh, almost right away, like when Sauron's helmet just drops after he's defeated and it hits the ground. Yes. And then when the ring drops like on the floor... <sighs> Yeah, 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 and one of my, I think, two of my favorites, the one, without a doubt, is when they pick up the ring when Frodo loses it on the mountain, mm-hmm. and Boromir picks it up, and it's just that, yeah. that shot, yes. and then... Pro- in the snow, right? In the snow, yeah. yeah. I mean, just gorgeous, and then uh, probably my all-time favorite, because it has to do with a character, and I love this character, is when they first introduce Strider, right? He's smoking oh, his pipe, yes. and it's just a uh, it's just a close-up of his pipe. It lights up, and then it pans The Prancing out. Pony. Yeah, yes. the Prancing Pony, and then just that like lights up his eyes real quick. It's like... That is so gorgeous is, and yes. so smart and such a cool way to introduce a character. Like they, they really did. They captured like these moments to me that are like now iconic. Like you look at that and it's just kind of yeah. like when you think of Lord of the Rings, you think of shots like that. And it's you just really like, do, yeah. and there's so many of them. Like it wasn't just in fellowship. Like they keep going and going and it's just like, it was just these iconic things. Or to me, it's like what Lord of the Rings did was kind of like how we, you know, all the trope now of like, oh, I am your father, I am your father was started by Star Wars. Yeah. Well, Lord of the Rings has that moment now, right? Almost every fantasy thing is going to poke fun or or use what they did. Yeah. Because it was just so groundbreaking. You it, know, it, it, it really was. It really was. And then um, one of my favorite parts after um, Frodo gets away, um, he realizes that. You know, the fellowship is split up at this point. Merry and Pippin have been kidnapped by the orcs for the Urukai. Urukai, sorry. Urukai. Dude, <laughs> I was really about to correct myself. Urukai, after uh, uh, Aragorn kills Lurtz, he chops off his head, which is amazing. That whole fight scene is awesome, it's man. Amazing. I love it's that. So Even when he just like, he stabs him through the thigh with his knife, you know, yeah. and he's going at it. Like, yeah, that, that whole battle is cool. And again, especially if you watch on the extended editions. I love that because you get a really cool moment with Merry and Pippin too when they fight back uh, yeah. right before Boromir, you know, gets get meets his demise. So yeah, that, that's an awesome. And, that's awesome. Um, and then Boromir, yeah, dies, and Aragorn has a moment with him, and then and then oh, was, uh, one of my favorite moments is when uh, Frodo's like uh, on the boat or canoe or whatever you want to call it on the water, and he's leaving. And Sam like comes and he's like, "I'm coming with you," <laughs> and like he can't swim. And yeah. he's just like getting in the water and then he starts to drown. And then Frodo's like arm comes in, pulls him out of the water, and like that's just ah, uh, like Sean Aston like really crushed that. I think he he's my favorite character. I feel like a lot of people. Uh, oh yeah, would I also th- say that. I think a lot of people like think he is the hero of the story, yeah. and it's really hard to kind of argue with that. Yeah. Well, Jr. Uh, Tolkien said yeah. that he said Sam's the true hero of the Lord of the Rings yeah. because he just he does actions expecting nothing in return. Sure, and a lot of the times he gets nothing in return. And he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's interesting. You know, uh, Tolkien was uh, in World War One. Yeah, and uh, I think he lost all of his his childhood friends except for one. He and his friend were the only two to come back from like their group of friends. But, uh, you know, so he, he, he had a view of war and the seriousness of it. And I think he really developed that those friendships that, that come in a time of crisis like that. And he does a good job of, of showing that and the loyalty between it. And, you know, back then the Brits, they kind of had the officers had their own little, I forget the term for it, but basically like little servant, right? Yeah. And, and that was basically how he, he based that relationship, right? Sam would do it everything for his officer, yeah. right? Which would have been Frodo, like... And and you see that bond and that that like kinship, and even though like their roles were different, that like you know, and most people would have thought, oh, this is just you know the assistant, the guy who does this, that. That yeah. really his loyalty and his you know refusal to let anything happen to his master or his friend, yeah, really sets the stage for you know him being the hero and yeah. and, uh, and accomplishing something great, even though. It might be the place that you would least expect a hero to come from. Exactly. And then once they leave, you have Legolas, Gimli, and Aragorn stuck together. And one of my 
Uh, yeah, is it the last line of Fellowship of the Ring where he goes, let's go hunt some orc? Yeah. Yeah, and then they run off, and then it ends. And then... Uh, it's not the last line. Frodo and uh, Sam. That's have, right. Have, yeah, have, yeah, yeah, some that's have, right. But it's the last one from those characters. Yes. Yeah. You're right. What is Frodo's last line? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, of I'm glad you're word. here with me. Yeah, yeah, something like so. that. But, the, but that whole moment, too, because like, these are tricky ways to adapt to film, right? Yeah. Whenever you do books to, to movie, mm-hmm. it's, and, and, and honestly, after I saw the first one, I loved it. We went out and rented the first book on tape. If we were actually yeah. driving down to Tennessee from Michigan to visit uh, my grandparents. But then I remember like not wanting to watch anymore or read anymore because I know they always say like the books are better than the movie. So mm-hmm. it's like I didn't want to spoil it because I love the movie yeah. so much. So I read the the books after I would watch after each you one. Watch the movies, yeah. And I thought they did such a good job of just you know recreating because there are a lot of you know you don't get tom bombadil you don't get a lot yeah. of uh, characters and a lot of moments that would be nice but they've just they just did a really good job of like really yeah. taking the essence of the books and putting them yeah. into movie um uh i read this uh great book um on writing when did you learn to read i forget about this uh aaron's been teaching me she's so patient where is she at uh <laughs> hey you're not supposed to end a sentence with a preposition, which is at. So, ha-ha, Aaron's taught me so well. Well, well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> no, but um, what was I saying? No, I was saying I was reading this great book on screenwriting, and it was talking about how people have the misconception that an adaptation from a book should be like almost word for word, when in fact it really should be capturing the essence and making its own thing. Because most of the time, like um, the author's, that have written the book advise the directors make it your own i don't want it to be a carbon copy of mine like do whatever you want to do with it most most of the time i thought that was really cool but um for me it makes sense like for them to leave like tom uh out of the story and like some of those other other smaller moments in the books like in the books it's great because you know you can write a book and it can be 400 pages long 500 pages long and it works because it's a book with a movie you can't necessarily do that because you have to you know, pacing's required. Sure. You have to keep the audience, you know, attentive. Well, and you can read a character's thoughts, right? Like yes. in a movie, you can't. Like, and so the think of the exposition. Really yeah, yeah, of exactly. that. I mean, it would. Exactly. It's it's just prohibitive. Yeah. Um. So the Fellowship of the Ring was huge. I wonder. I don't. Let's see. I have them all pulled up on IMDb right now. Sometimes it shows how much they grossed. Um. At the box office, it won four Oscars. I thought it should not a big deal. Yeah, not a big deal. <laughs> Um. Uh, oh yes, Ian Holm as Bilbo is also. Oh really yeah, how do we great. not mention him? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh, he just my passed away recently too. Is, yeah, that's right. And did you see who passed away yesterday? Christopher Plummer. Yeah, I know. Which was huge. I know. Was Hashtag funny. Sound of Music. I love that movie. Sound of Music. And then what's funny is like I've watched three movies with him in it that like I didn't going into it I didn't know he was in. Really? So I was like, that's so weird that I've just been like on a like I watched Girl on the Dragon Tattoo. He's in. Um, I didn't know he was in that. Yeah, he's a very that. small yeah. role. Okay. And then last night, uh, my brothers, uh, two of my young brothers, came over and we watched um, "The Man Who Would Be King" with uh, Sean Connery, who's also passed. Okay. Michael yep. Caine, yep. and then uh, Christopher Plummer plays Rudyard Kipling. Um, so I thought that was weird, but um, anyways, uh, let's see how much it grossed. Like it was huge. Absolutely. Let's see. Yeah, it was just a a, a huge success, and really, like so most people don't know. Again, like the risk of it. Like, do you yeah. know the backstory of how they got it made? Like, uh, uh, no. Okay. Okay. So, uh, well, this is gonna sound funny because you know he's uh definitely um not in favor anymore in Hollywood, but Harvey Weinstein. All right. Yikes. He had, yeah. <laughs> all right. I've tried to avoid <laughs> talking about him on the show. So, but yeah, he had initially, he made, he, by the way, he's made so many movies. Like, like whenever you watch any movie, his name is just there. It's hard to like avoid well, talking about him. Well, and it appears in Lord of the Rings, although yes. he actually stepped away from it. So they had an agreement and Peter Jackson, you know, and his crew, like they wanted to make, two movies yeah like they just didn't think they could get three they talked to studios or they had a deal with harvey Mm -hmm. he got the rights uh to make it and uh they were gonna make two of them and he invested like 20 million dollars in pre-production stuff like that and and then it it was gonna get shut down they were like hey we don't we can't do this we can't find it blah 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 and they kept wanting to make cuts and stuff like that and peter jackson was gonna walk away from it and he was like you know they they spent like two years like prepping for they spent 20 million already on all these designs and stuff to get it done 
and then they were going to have to pull the plug. And yeah. on their way back to New Zealand from, I think, L.A., they're flying, and I think Peter Jackson's agent and stuff just really went to bat for him and was like, hey, you know, can you give them two weeks or stuff to come up with an wow. alternative funding and stuff like that? And Harvey's like, yeah, but the deal they came to is that they had to, the new people who were going to take it on had to make it at least two movies like like um, they wanted. And then they were going to have to write a $20 million check right away to Ooh. to Harvey to, to, you know, pay him back for, for his investment. And so they had two meetings lined up in this two weeks. That was it. Uh-huh. And it, they were so, like, discouraged and stuff like that. The first one came and went, and they just it, it wasn't a hit. They were interested, but they were, like, I th- believe the company was getting ready to get sold. And they're like, no, we're, like, years off. And wow. P- Peter's like, no, we got to start doing this now. And so it came down to New Line, right? New Line yeah, was the only one they have, and Bob Shea. And um, they had put together this 36-minute, basically kind of behind the scenes of all the props and all the stuff they had already made for it. You know, because they really wanted to do a good job with it, and they didn't want to just kind of do a, a sales pitch like normal. And so they showed, like, Bob Shea and the guys at New Line it. And after, it, you know, lights came on, and they're sweating bullets about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why why would you make this? Like, why would you make this two movies? And they're like, what? He's like, this, there's three books, right? Why wouldn't you do three movies? Yeah. And they were just like, uh, yeah, 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 right there over as well. Like, but then they had to go back and like write it for three movies. They just th- didn't think it was going to be possible. And so really, I mean, it's just, it, it was literally down to the last shot. Like these movies could have not been made. And just to think of all the stuff that has come from them, because like Weta was founded because of these movies. Mm-hmm. You know, Weta is huge in the game of like all this. They came up with like technology. Like, in fact, this is funny. When they do these ho- huge like army battle scenes, they would render them not knowing how they would turn out because they actually oh invented gosh. this artificial intelligence f- for like each <sighs> people. So they'd like render for three days and come back and be like, Oh yeah, that doesn't look like, uh, yeah. like, right. In fact, some of them like, like massive amount of troops would just retreat sometime. They're like, Oh, okay. That doesn't, that doesn't work. But like, I mean, so many like just huge things came from these movies think that they almost didn't happen. It changed f- uh, just movie making for the better. It showed what was yeah. possible. I, th- I, I, legit think that if the Lord of the Rings were canceled, you may not have like Marvel movies we have today until maybe another 20 years just because people were scared back then to make it. Like, if you look before then, like, you know, uh, Westerns were huge. Like, each genre had its moment. Like, Westerns were huge, then they started to fail. Pirate movies were big for a little bit, then they started to bomb. So, wanting to make, like, you know, this fantasy film where scope of which... Yeah, you know, a movie hadn't been made like that before, and if they had very small budget, I can't even think yep. of like a huge fantasy film that had come. That's out what I was about to say. Th- think about a fantasy like the genre is almost just dead. Like yeah. you know what I mean. Like he really did revitalize it. Like you don't have your Game of Thrones. You don't have like oh yeah. You don't have your Witcher. You don't have like any of these fantasy things, which really you can't not find now. And yeah. it's all because of the Lord of the Rings. It really is. So and and just uh, I mean, we're talking about we're coming on the twentieth anniversary oh of it, gosh, right? That's insane. Twentieth anniversary. And like almost like a Star Wars esque with how they advance the technology yeah. with Lucasfilm is what Weta and what they did, like even the miniatures, right? To this day, like you can watch those movies and they hold up. Like Gollum looks better than stuff oh, that comes out today. Absolutely I mean, amazing. Now there are a few things in it where it's like, okay, that's a little cartoony, but when you think of like Spider Man's and I love the Spider Man movies when they came out, like when he's swinging around in those, you know, the two thousand two and all those you can tell it kind of looks a little cartoony. Yeah, right? it's yeah. A, same with the X Men. Same with all those coming out. That also Spider Man also came out in two thousand one, I believe. Right. Two uh, two thousand two. Two thousand two. Okay. Yep. Uh, but so I mean, you can tell, right? But with Lord yeah. of the Rings, man, a lot to this day, the CG and the practical effects, right? Of yeah. how you know you're talking about all the different scales, right? You have humans, mm-hmm. you have dwarves, you have hobbits, you have elves, you have cave trolls and orcs, and so much is done with the perfect blend of just like the smart techniques, like the, like, yeah, like the force perspective yes. and, the, and the, the two different you know, sizes and scales and, and getting you know, tall Paul dressed up and then having the, the uh, little Indian guys. You know, I, I mean, like really, they were just so smart and so practical yeah. and doing the models, like it looks real. And it looks fantastic so that 20 years later, it holds up where some movies that are two, three, five years, you look at it and it's like, oh, that's, 
That's tough. Even some movies that have come out like yeah. like the first Harry Potter. Go watch the first Harry Potter, dude. It's yeah, tough. That looks yeah. It's, it's tough. It's you know the, the when he's flying around and stuff like that. It's yeah. like oh okay, that's yeah. you know where you can go look at these. You might have a, one moment, maybe two. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, it's just uh, it holds don't up. Don't forget Shelob. Shelob. Oh yeah. Yep. Like it look that looks like a real giant spider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, actually, I don't think most of the Hobbit. I think like that's one of my main issues with the Hobbit trilogy is that they went for all CGI instead of mostly Megan. Like yeah. I understand that it's cheaper to do it that way, but like, man, some of it looks really rough to look at. One yep. one scene in particular, which I hate with a passion. I remember seeing it in theaters, and I was just going, "What? No! Wait, why? Why?" It's when um. Orlando Bloom's character Legolas, who shouldn't be in those movies in the first place, the steps are falling and he can somehow bend time now, and he's like walking up the steps. I know. Do you remember that scene? Hey, that would remind me. a Christopher Nolan movie? Uh, Inception. Inception. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh, you know, all trivia. But yeah. Yeah, he was like, wait, 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 what's going on? But in comparison, which is funny, is in Return of the King when he slides off the Oliphant's tail after taking that works because not only does the CGI look way better, but like he also just did this like amazingly cool thing and then Gimli has that great one-liner where he's like it still only counts as one. Oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's like like you said like these movies like they're they are they're so like severe and serious but like at the same time they're like really funny really right funny. there's some really good yeah. funny moments and character moments you know I mean how many people do you know that, that have not quoted second breakfast oh, once in life you know what I mean? yeah, I yes we've had one yes but what about second breakfast right yeah. i mean like there's stuff that like everybody knows yeah. and the memes you know like the you know you think of uh, boromir uh, yeah potatoes yeah. And, and boromir like it is a gift you know yes, or, yeah. one, or one does not simply, simply walk into mordor yes so like they really do like tons of just good lines and character moments and really yes. sometimes it is funny because like fran and philippa and peter who, who yeah. wrote it like they did such a good job of like again just in kind of imbibing that spirit of tolkien and and bringing it to uh, yeah to life even if there were changes or he didn't write it it it's like oh you could totally see him writing that or or it sounded like another really cool thing a lot of people don't realize this like on film sets is so you get the script and then you get a new copy of the script every single day because there's constantly changes are constantly being made now for this film guys real quick he he knows that because he's been on real film sets he's well sampling is pretty big deal what can i say uh sorry continue tell me more about these already know this why do you think they're here i mean i I sat around on the school stage talking like Gollum. this bro has been in movies so listen to what he's about to say right now turn it up and listen uh, boys and girls that now with the lord of the rings though if you watch the behind the scenes you'll see that like not only were they making like changes every day, like they were like making huge significant changes where like I saw there's this world where uh 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 Frodo, sorry, Elijah Wood's character is like, just got a new five page scene, gotta learn lines right now. And like and it, like with films that I've done in, in my experience, like they're usually like, you know, they take off one line or they just scrap a scene and then sure. don't rewrite it or whatever just because they're like, hey, it doesn't fit. Like, they were doing that, like, every single day. Like, Peter Jackson and all those people you mentioned, Fran, like, they were writing, like, oh yeah, like just do scenes every single day. And, like, that's just – it's almost a miracle that these movies not only were made but also, like, are masterpieces. Yeah. You almost look at it and say, okay, like, they were made. They should be pretty good. It's like, oh, my gosh, like, these are amazing. Yeah, because like unlike other movies, again, when you're filming three times at once, yes. like oh just think of the logistics. So like they they couldn't go over one, yeah. they couldn't afford it, and two, uh, they I mean just you just logistically that actor's got to be there next day to go yeah. film that and that. I mean like it just it couldn't happen. So like one of the most difficult scenes that they've said to write was actually. Uh, the Council of Elrond. Yes, and so one of my favorite, one of scenes. favorite, right? But the going back to Boromir, you know, his favorite one does not simply, you know, you you see him first, and he's got his his hand up by his head. He's actually looking down at his knee because yeah. that's where that's where his lines are because they had yeah. just rewrote it for like the eighteenth time, and the poor guy is trying to to memorize it and and get it done. But again, like you said, just on on how 
much they had to do and how right everything had to be. They just knocked it out of the park. And again, I think that goes back to, like you said, the filmmakers and, mm-hmm. and the people making it. And one thing I think that should be looked at is when it was made. It was made at that perfect time. There wasn't social media. There wasn't this and that there that was, was going on. And so these people, I think, just, I mean, they they became friends. Yeah. They, they were down there. They were a family living isolated from the rest of the world, completely inundated, and they really, truly, genuinely cared yeah. about these films and mm-hmm. getting it right and giving it their all. And they were they were just they just did something amazing. And and coming back to kind of me and us and when we love and talk about acting and doing this and why we're sitting around talking about it right now, is like that's what first made it really appealing to me. Is say like, man, you can sit around with your best friends and hang out like yeah. like like almost a fraternity or a brotherhood yes. yeah. and, and do that and like get one get paid but then two at the end of the day make like this amazing piece of art that people can enjoy forever forever like what a great like what a great thing and so again just going back on the impact it had on me personally that that was part of it just looking and again and seeing these people like just pull together this big blockbuster film but they really filmed it like kind of like a smaller just kiwi film yeah, like it was just they they figured it out they made it happen and uh i think one of the really cool things like as i grow up and i as i rewatch them i'm sure you can agree on this like you know as a kid uh when i rewatched them like my some of my least favorite parts about the movie were like aragorn and Aaron's story but now like when I rewatch those, those are some of my favorite parts <laughs> because like this is a bro who's about to get married if you guys can't tell he's all romantical <laughs> There's, so, there's some sentiment at play here. I'm just here. like, man, they have great chemistry, and they're not even really saying anything. Yeah, uh, they do a good job of just not coming, like just being understated. You yeah. know what I mean? Not, not everything has to be in your in your face. Like, they really are just marvelous movies. I'm the same way. Like, there's some parts, like, why well, I loved Spider-Man 2. We can talk about this at a different time. But, like, yeah. like, a lot of people, like, oh, they love the action, love the Spidey parts. And I do, too. Mm-hmm. But to me, what makes that movie great is the Peter Parker c- character in that movie is just as compelling as yes. as the Spider-Man character. And that's hard to do. And I feel like Lord of the Rings did the same thing. Like, yeah. you're, you're smaller characters and stuff like that when they're not talking about going to the ring. Like, you said, the beginning of, with the prologue and then going right into Hobbiton. It's like... That's interesting. Those yeah. moments are cool. Like I enjoy those. Where maybe in my youth is like, oh, I just want to see Gimli, you know, cut somebody's head off with an axe. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's kind of the great thing is as you mature, like at all walks of your life, like you enjoy these movies. Like, you know, like Stephen Colbert. Heck, you know, like oh, yeah. you know, I mean, like these guys huge. are old. Uh, um, uh, Christopher Lee, right? I mean, mm. they were talking about these people who had grown up with these stories. It's like, doesn't matter how old or how young you are, like these stories mean something to people and, and they really care about it. And that's, that's cool to see that no matter what stage of life you are, you kind of can see something or relate to something throughout them. Absolutely. And I think that's makes them timeless and ageless. Absolutely. And so two towers introduces a lot of, it, it introduces a lot of new characters. Um, Real example. quick, we're going to try to go like longer than one movie, right? This is going to be like a four and a half hour podcast. Is that right? Is that what you said to me? Uh, 24 hours. This oh, is nice. 24 <laughs> hours podcast where you can tune in and it will actually have to post this later. And then you can tune yeah. in. So we're watching uh, all of the Lord of the Rings extended and then all the Hobbits extended. I think you would be pretty close at 24 you know I hours. Say, so. Honestly, I say we make this a two-parter. I say Ooh. maybe you can come back next week and we can finish it up. Yeah. Because I know we're already at an hour. I say we Are finish we really? the hour. Yeah, I, dude, I know, right? It's My only gosh. felt like 10 minutes. I know. But uh, two towers. Like they, we're, We just got to Rivendell. I know. <laughs> Are you kidding yeah. me? Like, oh, yeah. They introduce uh, actually, David Wynnum, who top. plays Faramir. Uh, wait, what? I said, actually, we might just be at Weathertop. We might not even dude, be I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Rivendell. No. Yeah. Which, again, oh, oh, sorry, going back, I, I just get so excited about these movies. Oh, yeah. The, the scene of Arwen, you know, being chased by the ring race, oh. that's iconic. And then the other one that I... Those I, water horses still look really good, by the way. They do. They really do. But that whole scene is just, like, amazing. Which, and it's real. Like, yeah. they're, they're going and you see the, the horses yes. and stuff like that. Like, they look good, even though I know sometimes she's on, a like, a device or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They still did film it. And it, water's, like, one of the hardest things to animate. Oh, yeah. And make look yeah, right. Absolutely. And then the other one that I absolutely love, and I was actually terrified when I saw this in theater, but the scene where the hobbits are hun- hiding under the root of the oh, tree yes. and the ring wraith comes to sit down. Like, and all the okay. bugs are like crying. Yes, yeah. like just like so good and so cool. Like Peter Jackson, you are your boss. He really is. He's an OG hobbit. Um, you know what's funny? I've actually been really in the mood to watch uh, his version of King Kong 
Because in my opinion, I feel like that's like a super underrated film. I think it's like, I think it's great. You know, I've actually never seen it all oh the way gosh, through. I've never seen it. And and the reason, the funny thing is, that was a passion project of him. He saw the original King Kong, and that's what made him want to be a yeah. filmmaker. Yeah. And so, th- again, that's why I think movies and you know storytelling can be so powerful. It's like, just like he had that moment with King Kong, like you and I might have had that moment with Lord of the Rings, right? And mm-hmm. it, it just kind of passes on and passes on. And, I mean, you might become a big star and director like him. I'm not, but still, that his his work, like... It still had an impression, and, and again, really, if you think about it, had an outcome on my life. If I don't get that acting job in or role in in college, do I fall in love with acting? Do I teach you? Yeah. Do I do this? So, like, uh, again, do I like, go on to inspire millions? Inspire a million, hundreds of millions. Podcast, hundreds don't look of at millions. The numbers, but <laughs> trust me, hundreds of millions of people listen to this podcast. One day, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, no, but it is like again, that's the magic of movies and storytelling. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it really is. You you start connecting those dots, and you see like stuff like that can have a profound impact on people in their lives and and really their story going forward. And I always think that's that's awesome, and that's why I think these movies are a success and will continue to be a huge success. I absolutely agree. And um, uh, man. They're doing the Amazon TV show, which I don't want to really get. My, yeah, get but I got some to. issues with that. That might be held on for next week. Uh, we might have yes, to hold a yeah, petition. We might have to do that, but uh, the Fellowship of the Ring is just so so good. The first one's just so great. It has so many great shots. Oh, one of my favorite shots in the movie is the Council of Elrond. Whenever Hugo Weaving goes, uh, and uh, this is the Fellowship of the Ring, and then it has the sh- oh, the shot where they're all standing next to each other. Yeah, Mary Pippin like. Hmm. hilarious well and the other smart thing they did especially as a filmmaker i feel like is you you forget about the size difference of them like they're they're so smart where like hey they show it to you and then they forget it you know they don't have to like put it in your face constantly Uh and like you get it you see it And, and again it's just one of those things just like so smart right like they don't spend a lot of time where it could look bad or look mm-hmm. out of place or whatever. They, they give you the shot that you need. And I think especially for, for young filmmakers and people who are like wanting to do something ambitious is, is realizing that like you don't have to be all out front and do this and do that and do all these complicated things. You can do these small little cool tricks, show up people, put it in their minds, and then go on with your story. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that, that he did a great job with that. Uh, man, and uh, not only are they great movies, but they also have great video game tie-ins, uh, which uh, Peter Jackson, actually, he's a huge gamer himself. Really? And, I did not know um, that. He, like, helped um, make them, too, and then, uh, or not make them, but, like, he, like, kept up with their progress and stuff. Yeah. And then, also, you should go watch King Kong. I know, I know. Have I you, need to. Did you know that there's also, like, an amazing tie-in video game? I did not know that. shooter. Like, actually amazing game. Really? Like, insane. Um, that's that's so good. I remember playing it on... It was like... I think it released when the Xbox 360 first came out. Like, it was like okay. one of the first games you could buy. Huh. And you play as... You can either play as... Or you have to play as Jack, who is Adrian Brody. Okay. And then you also have to... You get to play as King Kong, which is... Oh, really uh, cool. he was good in Peaky Blinders. Did you see that, Reed? Adrian Brody's in... I haven't seen that. Oh, you need to watch... Okay. He's he's Watch a really it. underrated actor. Yeah, he's good actor. Pianist. Well, I mean, he's, he's you know underrated who has an Oscar at home. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's very underrated. Who also got to smooch Halle Berry whenever he got it. Do you remember that? I don't remember he that. He went up there and he smooches Halle Berry and then takes it. He's well like, played, Adrian yeah. Brody. Because like no one thought he was gonna win. Yeah. If you go look at like who he was going up against, he was going up against legends and like he went. Anyways, sorry. Trying to stay on track. Side so note. next week I say we talk about Two Towers, Return of the King. And then uh, we rank like our favorite. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, I was about to ask you, but that probably is best. We'll save that for the end. Last, yeah. And honestly, decisions. Um, and before we do it next week, like I, I just want to say that like I understand any ranking, like I understand any version of any ranking, like like if you like the second one the best, and then the third and then the first, I understand. Like they're all so great. Yeah. I honestly, whenever I tell people it's one of my favorite movies, I just say, like, I almost treat it as one long movie. Yeah, yeah, because it's it is. Just it's one 11 story. hours um, that just flows seamless, seamlessly. Yeah. I think. My but, favorite um, is usually the one I'm watching. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, it's just kind of it, yeah. like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's so hard to, to yeah. choose. And like you said, it is. It's It's one story. And again, the way that they filmed it. 
it, it it's just it's a masterpiece you know and really you know you look at all these other big franchises you know and none of them come close to the oscars and the mm-hmm. awards that this one won like star wars doesn't have 11 oscars it's like kind none of, of these insane like, to think like a fantasy movie like won so many because like yeah, usually hadn't happened before dramas yep maybe sometime thrillers you know and um I know Star Wars was nominated for Best Picture in 1970. Was it 1970 or 1971? When did Star Wars come out? It would have been later. 75? I was wanting to say six, but I'm not sure. I wasn't alive. Okay. But uh, (laughs) I know know Return of the Jedi, I believe, was 82. Okay. So I I, I really don't know. Um, But that was nominated for Best Picture, which at the time was huge. Um, But um, you don't really see that a lot today. Except maybe... Black Panther, I know, was nominated. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, yeah. And then you have a whole lot of snubs. but um, And then some, you know, rightfully so. But, um, yeah, Lord of the Rings changed, changed the film landscape. Yeah. It, like, watching it, and like you said, the behind the scenes, like, they're like a frat, almost like a fraternity of brotherhood. Like, it almost makes you, like, jealous that you didn't get to be oh, there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, those are moments, like, man, I would have loved to have been part of something like yeah. that. Like that, And that's so special. Like, even they had these shirts, like, when they filmed, like, Helm's Deep. It's like, we survived Helm's Deep. Like, even that, oh, just, just awesome. being at Helm's Deep, like, that was a brotherhood. Because oh, it was like a— got to talk about Helm's Deep oh, yeah. next week. Yeah, Big it's time. like a miserable shoot in the rain and all that. But, oh, like, and how much attention do you tell? Anyways, I could go on and on forever yeah. about these movies. But they, they really are. And the thing is, I think the Academy, though, that's one thing. And I usually, it's funny, Hollywood sometimes, yeah, I think it's just they one-up each other in this, that. But I think they got this right yeah. when, because they pretty much, I think, saw all three movies as one, too. And that's why Return of the King got all the 12. accolades or most of them. <laughs> but really, like, I felt Best bad. Picture could have been Fellowship of the Ring. It could have yeah. been Two Towers. It could have been Return of the Easily. King. It could have been, all, and I think it was. It was just like a recognition of everybody's like, what you guys just did was amazing. And yeah. I don't think it'll ever happen again. Like, I don't think you can do three movies that size and that scale and that scale make them that good um you know we did have with with endgame and um infinity wars Wars, but even that wasn't quite the same as this i mean this was three and two they had what 20 movies built up they kind of knew the popularity of this it's a ginormous risk i mean like you you, if fellowship flops you yeah you still got the other two. You got to release them. You know what I mean? Like this could have been like Wait, any other fantasy I, movie that just. I one of the interesting things is that um, that kind of hurts films now. Yeah. So usually the whenever and I also read this in the same screenwriting book. You want to make a movie that is about two hours, because usually two hour movies do extremely well in the box office, and people will maybe even think about go rewatching it since it's only two hours. Even like an hour and forty five minutes is pretty good. Yeah. These movies are all three hours long. And I think it's insane that each one of them so the last one made a billion, second one made like almost a billion, and then the first made like nine hundred million. That's insane that like so many people went and rewatched like a three hour movie. That's how good they oh, yeah. are. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> going and watching it like Okay, so the first time, like, you know, again, I didn't have internet, like, growing up in this That's right, like, yeah. uh, I mean, it was there, but my family didn't have it. And I remember watching Fellowship, like, the 10th time in theaters. And uh, we drove 36 miles to uh, another part of it. town. That's awesome. And it was in a mall uh, called Universal Mall in Madison Heights, Michigan. And they had 50 cent and dollar movies, right? Because this had been out forever. I miss, I miss those theaters. And I think it was, like, in March or spring some springtime so it had been out yeah because the movie i think originally came out december or 17th so it'd been out for a few months or whatever but at the end of it they showed the first trailer preview for two towers oh my god and i remember it was me my little brother and my neighbor tyler card and we watched it and after i remember just like talking to my little brother like that looks amazing i can't wait how are they gonna do it you know what i mean because they leave off so perfectly let's go hunt work and what's gonna go on you've got all these stories Mm -hmm. kind of converging and it's just like they leave you wanting more, and I remember just seeing finally like the trailer, right, the preview for it, and I was just like, I have to wait like seven months, nine oh, months man. to figure out what happens. It was brutal. Oh, man. But at the same time, it built that kind of excitement and stuff like yeah. that, which I feel bad for people like you kind of who didn't get experience that yeah. way. I just you know? had them all on DVD. So yeah. Like, oh, at the yeah. same time, maybe not because it was a long wait. It was like, oh. Yeah. But it was the excitement. It was. It was just huge, and... 
you know, going back for Two Towers and then Return of the King, like, again, just the excitement, the the feel of, like, how is this going to end? And yeah. see each one kind of top the other one was just, it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so next week, Two Towers, Return of the King, and then we rank them. And then, um, and then I'll bring my action figures over, and we can yeah, rank so we which can, which can, action figure is the best. Huh? We can play with them, and people yeah. will just have to visualize. <laughs> which also, not even audio. joking, not even joking, because I am a huge action figure fan. Mm-hmm. Like, what's amazing is their toy line is actually epic too in the world oh, yeah, of toys. They're, they're great. Yeah. They did like so many uh, different characters, which most time they don't do anymore. They made the girls. They made every like almost every different variation. Back in the day too, they they had like swords that actually went in their sheaths, and the arrows that actually went in yeah. like that, like never happened some of the face sculpts on some of these toys are are better than what's being made today in 2021 like, i used to have a frodo and oh, sam amazing like little, figures uh, action figures they look just like elijah wood and sean Hansen. yeah yeah incredible and, and you got tree beard and you got sauron oh, and you had all yes. the horses like i mean tree it beard. was like an enormous line they had cave trolls like honestly to this day they are still some of my favorite action figures and so yeah if anybody has some Lord of the Ring action figures, you don't want them anymore, you call Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Take them off your hands. But no, they, that really was. like That's, I guess, another part of the magic of it is really like everything it seemed that surrounded Lord of the Rings is just, it's just good. It's, it's just, just good. Yeah, it's just really great. Uh, well, that's the podcast for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, feel free to check the podcast out on Anchor's website, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I got a Facebook page, Instagram. Go check that out. Appreciate all those people who have liked and subscribed and are throwing some some money my way. I really appreciate that. Um, and thanks for having me. Oh, Josh, thank you so much. I really do. I I've love been wanting to have here. you on for such a long time. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for like, I've wanted to have you on. It's been like and, uh, a year and a half. But ne- uh, I haven't had this podcast that long yet. But uh, next week when we do it, Aaron's going to want to join, I bet, because I I, I didn't tell her we were going to talk about Lord of the Rings because she said she wanted. She's out of town today. Oh, so next bro, week, you're going to pay we're for that. Next week, yeah, I'm going to be in trouble. That's okay. Next week though, she's going to be here because she's one of those people who grew up being like, ah, I don't really like Lord of the Rings. I, I was like, Have that. you seen them? Have you don't actually sat it. down and watched them? And then we watched them together. And I remember after we finished uh, the first one, she was like, When can we watch the second? Yep. And then when we watched the second one, it was like seven o'clock at night, and she was like, "How long is the third? Can we watch <laughs> it?" We watched it until like you know, like ten or eleven or something. But um, that's yeah. awesome. What we were talking earlier too, I found like when it comes to Lord of the Rings, you either don't get it or you are a psychopath who <laughs> loves it. Like there is no in between. Like or- you are about it. Like you know, these people. I in fact, I was I'm part of Lord of the Ring uh, Facebook group on on you know. Facebook yeah. that shocks a lot of people I'm sure <laughs> but like some bro like post yesterday he drove 1700 miles oh one way to pick up a replica oh glam dream gosh. of of uh Gandalf sword so it's just like I mean these people are like committed like if if they are ring fans and it really is a fun community like there's yeah. usually like the people I meet who like Lord of the Rings usually pretty great people so it's fun to be kind of part of that fandom it's yeah it's we got. We should go to uh, New Zealand. Go see Hobbiton together. One hundred percent. I've known two people to go now instead of amazing. Right now. That's true. That's not a bad yeah. idea. <laughs> Book it. Book it. Let's do Book it. Book it, Dano. All right. All right, guys. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. And-